came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. Dan. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. watch any of the soccer game last night oh i did i i, I did watch it actually watched it or some or i watched some of it i flipped back and forth between that and wwe okay what um with the with the soccer piece last evening uh and a return to pro sports with major league soccer mls is back mls was kind of back as i'll explain momentarily what um what did you see i mean the the I'll explain the brief the brief time I had last evening with the return of pro sports momentarily because it was a weird quirky evening that kind of ended with a quasi buzzkill so I saw the moving emotional powerful pregame Orlando and Miami but then, like, when you watch the game, what'd you see? It was competitive, actually. It was great to see just the two teams looked, everybody looked in shape, and it ended up, there was an, it couldn't end it perfectly, yeah. more perfectly for ESPN with that exciting last, like, it was like three minutes left, and really? then without game winning goal. Really? Yeah, it was tied until there was 10 minutes of extra time, really? and then they, they scored with. With three minutes to go, wow. and, yeah, and one, so it was it was exciting. I liked the angles that they did. I liked. I personally liked the natural sound mm-hmm. 
it was more engaging with soccer considering the fact that it's constantly always going and something's always happening. Someone was always yelling or kicking or something. Okay. And there's not always in soccer there's not always every, everything to report on or commentate on right. so your, uh, um, the that sound was great yeah your contribution fantastic your dedication to watching part of that game or all of that game or some of that game fits nine to noon's motif perfectly uh this is nine to noon on a thursday good morning it's paul allen brian heating and cooling studios fm 100.3 kfan nordo off today off tomorrow radio show goes back to full strength on monday debatable always were copyright fire helmet guy and um it was the uh max fuller's the fill-in producer first pro sports to kick off during the purge brave souls i i was quite excited for the evening and when you and i were texting yesterday I purposely did not ask if you were going to watch that game because I just wanted to see if the return of a professional league, no matter where you rank it, I mean, 9 to noon has the, quote, core four, end quote, in no particular order. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, but then MLS is a professional sport. And as we've mentioned 15 times this week, Something returned last evening during the purge with a W, an L, or a D, which stands for draw. W, L, or D. Orlando got the three. Miami got the zero. First pro sports to kick off during the purge. When I'm thinking about you, I'm like brave souls. I was quite excited for the evening. Call some races. Canterbury Park. Come see us today at 4.30. Get your reservations and your tickets. Canterburypark.com. Call in some races. Make a little money. Pop some tags. Do some watering around 9.15 in the evening. You know, in the Hillbilly Covenant, where we don't have sprinkler systems, with uh, my spot, a 42-year-old house, and Cotton John's next door, the movement of the sprinkler setup Every 20 to 30 minutes is very key. So you set that up for like 9.15 so everybody can get fed. So do a little watering. Then settle in and watch this Chicago team I drafted in the winner-take-all, the mad producer, and my beloved Techie. That's what my evening's going to look like. I ain't going to watch the whole thing, but I drafted Chicago. And I can't name a player on Chicago, and I wanted to see if I got a three in this winner-take-all. Then, right as I'm leaving the racetrack, nine-ish in the evening, Nordo texts me. I write back to him. Bad producer. Super excited to get home and watch this Chicago bet. Then he writes, the game's postponed. I'm like, F... M one hundred point three. Hey, I N F M one hundred point three. Nashville got bit. <laughs> I mean, Nashville, the 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 Nashville team, Chicago was set to play last evening, got bit like the virus is all over the place and it's spreading and it's spreading within the Nashville Covenant. The, the this Nashville soccer team might be DQ'd from the tournament. So the first game, as Maxwell Fuller. 
uh, just so eloquently laid out was Orlando and Miami. I'm working, but I had this thing all set up for the day. I caught the moving pregame with the arms locked and the kneeling and the black fist of power, resiliency, and togetherness displayed by the soccer players in the, in the Disney World Covenant, in the Orlando bubble. I watched two minutes, and that was it. And then I'm, like, excited to see to see a game just for a little bit that leads to a three, that leads to a W, to an L, or potentially to a D. And, I, and I'm less than casual soccer guy, as I explained during the course of the week. But it was a professional sport with brave souls returning in the purge. Are today's games postponed? Um, I thought I was tripping, but I just looked it up. There's actually a game happening right now. Oh, my gosh. Where's the remote? I might have players on that team. What? New York City FC versus Philadelphia. It's at halftime right now. Hold on. Winner take all sheet. Hold on. It's happening right now. It's got to be on a channel, right? Gotta be like it says ESPN it. slash ESPN3. Man, I got ESPN3. What the hell is that? That's what I said. <laughs> um, wait a second. Who's playing? New York City FC and Philadelphia. Techie has, Gleeman has New York FC, NYC FC. I got Philadelphia. It's 0 0 at halftime right it's now. Halftime it's halftime already. It's halftime Okay, so the game last evening was postponed because Nashville got bit. So that's why that was postponed. This is not. A bubble-wide, the pandemic, the shutdown, quarantine, pandemic purge. I I am to believe because I have been emails booth at kfan.com, Bradshaw and Brian inbox. Uh, reporters get nine to noon up to speed. So this is a Nashville intensive postponement from last evening, and I am to believe that there is a game right now that is at halftime. And there are games coming up a little later today. Is all of that accurate? I believe that is all accurate. Hey, any casual or less than casual soccer fans watch last night or are you watching right now? Emails, please. Bradshaw and Brian inbox booth at KFAN.com. I mean... Casual or less than casual soccer fans, professional sporting event televised. No fans. What does it sound like? Ain't no sound, but that was fine. Silence. The 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 tranquility, uh, the tranquility and the the nat sound, as they say in the business, probably was very acceptable. Uh, when when I watched all three minutes of Orlando and Miami, thinking I had Chicago Nashville uh, uh, on simmer on the chill for like the nine thirty piece. Then it's postponed. I didn't. I didn't listen. I don't know what it sounded like, and that's part of the that's part of the excitement. Why? Because it's new. Why? Because 2020 at times, outside of of some of the obvious, tragic, life changing things for millions of people that have transpired two zero two zero, their monotony. 2020 at times has been that of monotony. So we can we get a professional sports league up in here with W's, L's, and D's? We had one last night. My sources tell me we have one right now. Any casual or less than casual soccer fans, did you watch last night because it was the return of a professional sport? And what'd you think? 
Booth at KFAN.com. Baseball beat guys and those associated with teams following following it via the narrow casting leader Twitter. I mean, they were all at Twitter last evening. Specifically the locals. Intra-squad games, man. La Maquina. La Maquina. Jose Barrios, Soy Pablito. All over Twitter. La Maquina. Nelson Cruz, man. I mean, these beat writers, they got a chance to crack the monotony and crack the purge and and take in a Minnesota Twins intra-squad baseball game. Lavelli Neal the third at 935 to talk about that and uh, give us a little update on the Minnesota Twinigmatics as they walk up to the July 23rd, July 24th. Uh, the tentative, the 96.3, it will happen, yet still everything in life is tentative, start, which uh, in the business, I believe, is two weeks from today. That ain't bad. You like baseball? It's okay. You like the Twins? They're all right. You follow, um, like, I mean, will you casually look at it? Like, see, yeah, definitely. See who's good and stuff like that because, I mean, I ain't breaking news here or anything, but, man, the freaking Twins are going to be good. I mean, it's going to be a good baseball team if they can get it in. And then, like, you know, when they're playing and everything and the season is transpiring and they're flying and they got road trips and stuff like that, that it doesn't start, then stop. Like like happened to I mean Na- Nashville I think is going to get DQ'd right out of this bad boy, so that is something definitely on which to cast your gaze as you get excited for pro sports to return. It happened last night, but there was a postponement or a cancellation or whatever it was. Might be a DQ. It was an inquiry. Hold all tickets, and then you got baseball, and then like then you got Adam Silver's league. Somewhere around July 30, then right after that. I mean, it's all right in front of us. It's all right in front of us. If they can just hold it together and not crack in the purge. It's getting close. It's so close. Baseball beat, guys. Holy cow, were they excited on Twitter last night. Problem is, I mean, the Twins are going to be unbelievably good, but the problem is with the virus, what if they stop and start like soccer? It's all good, bud. Uh, It's done. It's done when it's done. And 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 we move on while we wait. It's like it's, it's like we hurry up to wait. That that's the offense. Hurry up to wait. And that's what we're doing right now. You got that cash thing about ready over there, Maxwell? Of course I do. Wobble uh, on the baseball scrimmage and um, and the Minnesota Twins and his lot in life at nine forty. A uh, much transpiring in the world of football on all levels, uh, college and uh, professionally. Uh, specifically, Nacho Lieber in studio, 10 o'clock. Got the Corzo Covenant back in the mix at 1120. He's all wound up. And um, I put Max on a task yesterday. He's excited. I think we uh, the task on which I put you that, that caused some stimulation for you. Uh, let's, start the, let's start the 11 o'clock hour with that bit. You feel good about that bit? Oh, I can't wait. That's good, man. I can't wait either. Uh, 9.15 in the Love Covenant, Paul Allen, Brian Heating and Cooling Studios, FM 100.3 KFAN. When I say that cash thing, here's the deal. Around 10 minutes past the hour, we put a grand in your hand. It's the cash contest, a keyword, and then you text. It's It's a national contest, but some locals have housed it. So like my main man, Mouse, you know, the captain of the 83 Wyzetta Club hockey team just sitting back on his phone waiting for Maxwell to deliver the keyword. And then 
and then punch in those numbers and boom, and then send it. Maybe you get a grand in your hand. Maybe you get a grand in your hand like Johnny the Mouse Mickelson. I got all his albums. Uh, so that takes place about 10 minutes past the hour during the core four here at FM 100.3 KFAN, uh, which means that cash thing transpires right now. And good morning. It's time for a shot to put a grand in your hand with our national cash contest. Text the keyword HOPE, that's keyword HOPE, to 200-200 to enter. Standard text message and data rate supply. 9 to noon will be back. The fan. was up which team's wearing white and which is wearing blue is philadelphia wearing white uh, I, I believe philadelphia is wearing white and the new york is wearing blue you think so let's um the sounds of not cracking in the purge and actually having a professional sporting event with wins and losses and draws that are legit tied to it. Oh, great save by that goalie for some team. Holy cow. Sounds of that courtesy of ESPN. Times is a second forward next to Bear, which makes life a little bit more difficult for Elliot and McKenzie of the Philadelphia Union. It's a Vox. A, a Vox doing a live sporting event with a W and L or a D. The tackles are yes. Wow. When normally, John, you and I are broadcasting. Yeah, man, that looks good. Look at all that advertising. Holy cow! Well, somebody got stuck in the purge. Whoa! You hear that? Yeah. That's what we need, baby. Hold on a second. How did? How did ESPN sound guy get it out? I think they. I think there's a delay. Oh. Who yelled it? Yeah. Oh my God! The purge. To Jory Shradi, who was, who what? Uh, Tanner Holm did it. I mean, this is an f bomb a minute. Are you kidding me? I'm at the racetrack last night and I'm watching like two, three minutes of it. You watched it? Did you listen to it while you watched it? Yeah, I listened to so it. So you already heard like what's happening because this is a first for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, if you think the f bombs in this soccer game per every. Uh, per every two and a half minutes is en vogue. Wait till you get a load of the old NBA. Oh, man. Let's go with the NBA. I cannot wait to hear all the trash talking that we pick up on those mics. I'm laying the over-under on the term Sir Wanga 
Sirwanga for former overmatched Minnesota Vikings corner Waswa Sirwanga. I think he actually played uh, a lot in the in the 2000 NFC title game, uh, the uh, the 41 zip bit at uh, at the Meadowlands. Um, the term Sirwanga, which which for bumper to bumper three to six thirty, is it's an indicator or a reference to backpedaling. You're backpedaling. You're doing the moonwalk. A lot of moonwalking right now. You had Deshaun Jackson the other day with some things he said, doing that moonwalk like the late Michael Jackson, like multiple, multiple times. And um, now I see Steven Jackson, who got loud. You read that Steven Jackson stuff? Yeah, I cannot believe that yeah. he doubled down on Why? Well, yeah, I just, I mean, it's... It's cracking in the purge. I mean, again, you look at it, you just recognize, wow, man, everybody's just, so many people are just wake, waking up with these metaphorical boxing gloves just ready to swing, man. And then now I just see on this um, on this, this crawl on the bottom that um, Stephen Jackson um, has backed off what he said. I used the wrong word, stuff like that. So 3 to 6.30 today, the number is 2.5. On references for Sirwanga with uh, Dan Barrero. And uh, by the way, during a bumper to bumper with Barrero, 3 to 6.30, <laughs> 10 minutes past the hour, a cash contest, the cash thing, 310, 410, 510, 610. Uh, that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's how the powerhouse rolls. Uh, they give away four grand during the course of bumper to bumper today. Ooh, Kawhi Leonard did not travel with the LA Clippers. Uh, for the uh, Orlando bubble uh, NBA bid, granted permission, <clears throat> got a family situation. So nine to noon, because it's a live sporting event uh, and it's a professional sporting event, uh, we are watching NYC in Philadelphia. With uh, they're fifty-two minutes into the mug, then you got all that free time nearing the end. Uh, let's let's hear just a little more. I want to hear. Some live sports. It's got to be if anybody drops that ad bomb again. Not to see anyone else. Absolutely. Oh boy. Oh boy. What? Quiet storm just sent me a text and just wrote yes. What the hell's that mean? Get well, a good start. Second half from New York City. Um, have we figured out who's wearing white and who's wearing blue? Now it's gonna be curious. I think we were right. Uh, well, looking it up, I think I think that New York New York is wearing the blue and mm-hmm. Philadelphia is wearing the white. Oh. Why would you do that? Soccer's not boring. <laughs> Maxi Morales. Maxi Morales. Tengo tiempo para ti. Come on, man! It's pro <laughs> sports. Double L's and D's. All right. Listen to that natural sound. Are you kidding me? Tiger Woods is playing next weekend at the Memorial. Nine to noon is breaking that. Philadelphia. Uh, Tiger Woods in something called the Memorial next week. It was Jersey. What are we talking about here, Quiet Storm? Oh, she's saying we're right. Oh, we are right. Oh, yes. Uh, so what is it again? Who's wearing white? Philadelphia is wearing white. And New York is wearing blue. Ma'am, in, the, in this winner-take-all thing with Matt Producer and Techie, Matt Producer lost his fourth overall, uh, the fourth overall pick in the draft, Carlos Vela. And uh, the Techie lost FC Dallas. Man, I still got all my teams, but I got a postponement last night with Chicago. And um, and Philadelphia. Philadelphia was the second team I selected behind Seattle. First overall pick in the draft. Six overall pick uh, in the winner take all. And um, 
NYFC. So this, yeah, this is the this is major for the winner take all, man. This thing ends August 11th. Oh, somebody's threatening. Go. Come on. It does open up a world of possibilities in Come on. the New York metropolitan area. Come on. Oh. If you're not having to accommodate. What are we doing here? So We're in the box. Oh, man, I'm just tripping right now because I'm tired. Who's wearing white again? <laughs> Philadelphia's wearing okay. white. Philadelphia. How about a set piece? Maybe a bicycle kick. Can we get the reincarnation of Pele? Oh, here we go. Come on, man. <sighs> oh, NYC on a breakout. Oh, here we go. Oh, somebody trying to get loose. Oh, look at my defenseman. Or blue liner or pullback or whatever they're called. He's not expecting the return ball. And this, well, this, listening to this now, I was... 89.5% I don't want piped in sound for any of the games that I'm watching. You know, and that 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 even goes to the 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 Vikings games the Bursich and I will be calling on the radio is is I don't I don't know how the production is going to work man. I don't know if anybody's going to be in the stands. I got no idea what it's going to sound like. But like say it's say it's like this game uh NYCFC in Philadelphia, uh group A terrorism taking place. It um the there there's no piped in sound, but you but the the crisp sound. I mean, this is so unbelievable that I'm 54 years old. What are you 26? 26. Yeah. All right, man. So like sports, all of our lives, crowds, Minneapolis miracle. Uh, they're trying to jump into the Vox box. The fans were so excited. Oh uh, nine Superdome. We took the L, but it was a, a just a mesmerizing experience how loud that building was. It just, just just games with loud crowds and stuff like that, and then it's gone, okay? So then, like, the sports-intensive 9 to Nooner gets excited for the return of professional sports, and that includes the WNBA when uh, whenever they return. 85 degrees, real feels 99 in Orlando, man, the humidity 77%. Oh, hydration break. By the way, that's cool. I forgot to bring that up with a quiet storm yesterday. They they are taking hydration breaks in the in the in these bits. And see, and this this is what's weird, man. It's like the clock keeps running. So, like main man Maxwell on the side with the stopwatch, charged with keeping the time for the extra time. That's like MVP material right there because that clock just keeps running, man. And but they take hydration breaks as as come coming off the layoff and and then the heat and everything so that's pretty cool I forgot to bring that up with quiet storm whenever we were chatting within the last couple of days but you you then hear what we're hearing now and the level of appreciation for missing the crisp tweet of the whistle the the players or. My guy on the sideline, whoever, right when we potted up, yelled, "What the?" And then ESPN just just uh, just eliminated that f word. It's I like it. I love this man. I think that the the I can't believe. Maybe it's because life just so sounds better in FM. I just can't believe how sweet the sound of the kick of the soccer ball sounds when you hear it and there are no fans. Like, it's it's like beautiful. What else, like, what else did you hear that um, that you were like, whoa, it's like birds chirping and stuff like that? 
It's so it's it's so, and I can't wait to see what it's going to be like for all, with the rest of the sports and how they incorporate the natural sound. NBA especially, as we were talking about during the broadcast, I cannot wait to hear some of the trash talk. That I, I mean, can you imagine if something like this would have happened when there was still KG? I don't even think they would have been able to pull put the Wolves on TV <laughs> if, if KG was still out there mic'd up. Just just give me 10 more seconds simply because it's the, re- the return of something that's professional and, and involves sporting activity. NYC, FC, Philadelphia getting run on the 9 to nooner. It's a professional sporting event that has returned. There was a postponement last night. Nashville got bit, probably going to be DQ'd from this thing. NYFC for the techie threatening, crossing midfield. Long pass off to the right. Here we go. Good shot. Was it a good shot, man? Maxwell wearing uh wearing his uh Jordan jersey he's wearing now never like warming up or anything could have stopped that shot nice shot whatever uh but anyway uh professional sports on the return two weeks from today boom the crack of the bat and Major League Baseball speaking of baseball uh Lavelli Neal the third is around the corner uh Twins had an intra squad scrimmage yesterday it was a La Maquina thing and um also Twins fans uh, if you're crafty. If you are crafty, and if you um, brave souls would be the wrong way to look at it, but if you're interested, in September, the potential of a super cool sports-related road trip is right in front of you. We're going to share that and uh, get into that and uh, much more, including some uh, some things, as I mentioned earlier, uh, from college, college big time, but professional football, the NFL, that uh, transpired yesterday as things from a professional sporting standpoint can continue to develop in the purge. We'll get into that with Nacho Lieber in studio, but uh, Wobble joins around the corner after I tell you about Quick Trip and what's happening with Quick Trip right now and ways you can save money and ways you can get uh, scintillating food. For instance, like what's going on at Quick Trip right now? Uh, we have the Dairy Day offers, Nature's Touch Milk, Skim, uh, which is Maxwell's favorite, one or two percent, dollar ninety nine a jug. Nature's Touch Grade A butter, buck ninety nine a pound. Ellsworth cheese curds, dollar ninety nine for a twelve ounce bag. How about this, How about this for when like fill in producer guy gets home at two in the morning after hanging out maybe too close for comfort with his knucklehead friends, and then a quick trip he housed a pothole pizza, pothole pizza. Pep Rally Pepperoni, Sausage Palooza, loaded with big chunks of spicy sausage, and meats and meat sweats. <laughs> Nearly a half pound of spicy sausage and pepperoni. Pick one up today, a quick trip. It's called the Pothole Pizza. It's perfect for any time of the day. Learn more about all this at Quick Trip. The Fan. Hashtag Wobble Wobble Faith Radio How you been, buddy? 
good. How's everything? Pretty good. Lavelli Neal the third, Star Tribune, StarTribune.com, nine to noon, covers the uh, twins, writes about major league baseball. You um how um how deeply are you into this uh MLS group A Philadelphia NYC FC thing right now? <laughs> I don't have it on right now. Um uh, working on some other stuff, so I'll have to jump in I'll have to jump in and monitor it uh Maybe when I get off the phone. You like so. you like I know you like soccer, but uh, uh, like Bundesliga and Premier Premier uh, Premier. Do, do you like MLS? Are you like an MLS fan? Um, yeah, I follow MLS. I mean, um, you know, when the league started, I kind of uh, monitored a couple things, and yeah, um, you know, being from Chicago, the Chicago Fire won in their rookie in their inaugural season, which you know is very hard to do, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, yeah, you just kind of keep up with the characters, and it's changed though because you know I I was like this is great for like the American soccer players, so we can watch like Americans develop and get better, and hopefully make the national team you know stronger. Um, in recent years though, um, they brought over you know they're sort of bringing better, better uh, international players instead of like the aging guys who are thirty four, thirty five, looking to have a little bit of a payday while they're. You know, getting a tan in California or shopping the street in, in New York. You know, uh, they're bringing in better players, younger players. You know, the Loons are after a, a young twenty-three, twenty-four-year-old guy who who could be a stud for them. And and the the level of the play has raised, I think, in the last five years. So um, it's trending in the right direction. So it's it's, it's it, they made they made themselves more interesting. And they've expanded everybody. I mean, when Cincinnati can have a soccer team, you know you're you're uh, you've got an expansion uh, surge going on. Yeah, man. But so, I mean, like surge rhymes with purge, you know. And here we are in the purge, the pandemic purge. And you know, granted, MLS in the United States of America, from a popularity standpoint, at least nine to noon wise, it doesn't crack the core four, and but to each their own. Same with the WNBA. But I mean. You know, since since Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive, then the NHL was just like ah, out, NBA out, everything out. The the MLS is backbit with Orlando and Miami yesterday, and now Philadelphia NYCFC. It's I'm not I'm I'm less than casual soccer guy. Wobble, you know that man. We've been friends for more than two decades. But mm-hmm. this is a pro sporting event with like a Vox and an analyst, and you get a W an L or a D D for draw. And it and and there was there was a postponement last night because Nashville got bit. So like yet Orlando and Miami, then Nashville got bit. They had to postpone their game with Chicago. I think they're going to be DQ'd out of the whole out of the whole Disney World bubble. So I mean it's it's not like one hundred percent stable. But if um if 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 you will permit me, Lavelle, in case you have forgotten, I would just like to give you fifteen or twenty seconds, courtesy of ESPN audio from a live professional sporting event that counts. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. That's fine. Give it to him. Yeah, you got to listen to the claps and the balls and the whistles and everything. I mean, this is sweet. Sounds of soccer. It's, it, this is unbelievable. With no fans, it's unbelievable, Wobble. First time I, I, mean, I because I, I'm calling races last night. I didn't listen to the Orlando bit. with Malmo, played quite a bit in European club competition, nine caps for Sweden. <laughs> See? It brings joy! I think anything live is going to bring joy. I mean, I was all into the uh, into the, the basketball tournament yesterday that was on uh, what was that? the FCS. 
You don't know about the basketball tournament? No, hold on. It's amazing to think Philadelphia Union, LAFC, 3-3, was 123 days ago. Man, why you got to lament on the purge? Yep. All right, that's it. Dallas had to leave the tournament right. because of uh, because of positive tests. Yeah, I know. So, I understand. Uh, no, the, basket, the basketball tournament has been going on for like three years now. What? And it's a it's a bit where there's a $1 million winner-take-all prize. Is it that three-on-three three thing? No, that's the big three. Oh. This is something different. It's called the basketball tournament. Um, it's a bracket thing, single mm-hmm. elimination, and um, the winner takes a million bucks. But what's happened is that a lot of these college alumni teams End up uh, in a like Duke has an alumni team. Yeah, like there's a there's a uh, Syracuse alumni team called uh, Bayheim's Army. And yesterday, um, the defending champion uh, was basically a Ohio State alumni team lost to uh, Illinois team that uh, is in the tournament for the first time ever. So, but it's like guys that you've seen play in college hoops in like the last, you know, five, six, seven years. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's still it's not professional sports with W's, L's, or D's. You know, it's, like it's it's live sports, yeah. and it's interesting. Yeah, but I could get. I mean, I could get Nacho Lieber, who's an athlete forever, to go play one on one with like uh, with I don't know a member of the Vikings right now. That's a live sporting event, but it doesn't doesn't mean like I'm going to make an appointment viewing. You know what I mean? And uh, the kid for uh, Nate, Nate, the kid for the Gophers who played there, Nate Mason, or he scored like twenty six points the other day in really? one of the games. So, um, holy cow! So it kind of like brings back memories. It's like, oh man, I remember when I watched him a few years ago play yeah. for X team, you know. So, uh, but that's been on the last couple of days as well. Hey, that and, um, that uh, that Twins intra squad bit yesterday, La Maquina <laughs> games two weeks from today. It's uh, th- things legitimately in your Major League Baseball world, Lavelle Neal III, at Lavelle Neal via Twitter, follow him like I do. Uh, it's it's percolating. It's the, the you know, from, from a vision standpoint, metaphorically speaking, the, the water in the pot is, it's slowly starting to boil. It's like you can see those bubbles at the bottom of the pot as you're waiting to put the pasta in. That's kind of where we are right now. But there are no 100 percenters in the purge. But two weeks from today, man, that uh, that's going to be a very, very big day, Wobble. Yeah, definitely could be um, if uh, they fucking get to that point. So far, so good. Um, you know, the testing's only, like, um, turned out to have, what, 1.2.4%, 2.5% uh, positive cases. Uh, teams are working out. Um, the Twins, um, you know, it's it's a different format because I think uh, the, the the pitchers are facing like groups of hitters, like uh, a group of four hitters will face a pitcher, and then they go out in the field and, and play defense for a while, and then come off come off the field and chill. Mm-hmm. Today is going to be a very interesting game because the Twins are going to test some of their um, game day operation stuff. So all the bells and whistles, walk up music, and all that stuff's going to be going on <laughs> um, as as guys come to the plate and. Um, and, and the other cool thing I just found out about um, is that the league is going to, going to have standardized um, back background noise piped in during these games. Um, which, if there's no if there's nothing in the background while these games are being played, 
you're going to hear every little thing that's going to be said on the field. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't think the teams want that to happen. Yeah. You know, because there could be a pitch thrown. And since there's noise and music and stuff, someone in the dugout can go, that was a bleeping strike. Yeah. You know? Well, w- w- wobble. <laughs> I mean, in the first six seconds, we potted up the sounds of live sports from a professional standpoint. First six seconds, wobble. Somebody on the Philadelphia sideline, <laughs> there were like like NY, NYCFC guy and Philadelphia Union guy ran into each other and then mm-hmm. like play stop for a second. <laughs> you just hear somebody as clear as day on the Philadelphia sideline go, what the? But see, yeah, but, but they obviously got a delay wobble because ESPN just 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 uh, bleep that mug out. Yeah, see, that's going to be a thing because, and I and I think uh, if you've been watching some of these other um, sporting events like the Korean Baseball League, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the teams pipe in crowd noise in the yeah. background, and they and they're doing it in the EPL games too. Yeah, because you want to avoid those moments when uh, people are dropping f bombs, yeah. and screaming and yelling at each other, and plus, you know. Uh, uh, on baseball, it's conversations going on. You don't want to hear, you know, teams teams don't want uh, the other team to possibly hear what they're telling their players or, you know, going to the mound and talking to the pitcher or whatever yeah. and stuff like that. So I think I think uh, there's going to be an artificial atmosphere in Major League Baseball stadiums once uh, once we start on the 24th. I mean, I'm sorry, there are games on the 23rd as well. Yeah. So, it's, it's going to be interesting today to see how all that works out. Who's the um, Who's the greatest goalie in the history of all soccer forever? Like the most identifiable player in the history of soccer? It, would you say Pele, Diego Maradona? I'd say Pele, right? Do you, you say goalie? Yeah. Well, well, no, but like Pele is the most famous in the history of soccer, yeah. right? No, I, I thought you said goalie. I, I did, but say... hold on. But yeah. so, like to that, w- would you say Pele, Maradona, uh, Diego Maradona? Uh, your guy Ben to like Beckham, like yeah. who, who? Who's the most po- pay, probably Pele, right? Oh yeah, Pele's like worldwide known. And yeah, so is Maradona. Okay, and Beckham's up there too. There's, there's a few guys, right? Yeah. So, like, who's greatest goalie in the history of all soccer? Like the Pele of goalies? I would probably say Gianluigi Buffon who? of Italy. Oh, uh, who who who? I think it was I think he was playing into his forties. Really, a couple of years ago for Juventus. Yeah. What, what about Brad? What about Brad Guzan? Not even close. Well, <laughs> Brad Guzan, come on, whatever. You yeah. know, you meet a guy in the streets of, of streets. You think, what are you like, talking about? The guy, the guy got, drove the guy drove Bursich and I through all of Birmingham. I mean, Bur- Birmingham comped us seats for an Aston Villa Man City game, and then <laughs> and then his team won as a major underdog against. Uh, uh, the tall guy with the muscular legs, um, uh, Yure Yure Yatu Yatu uh, Ture, uh, from- Yaya yeah, Ture, Yaya yeah, yeah, <laughs> Yaya <yeah>, Ture. <laughs> well, that that Italian goalie you just mentioned, yeah, left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by this Andre Blake that I'm watching right now for Philadelphia. Holy cow! He might be the greatest goalie in the history of all soccer. I'm not kidding you. Brad Guzan was a good <laughs> but not great goalie. Oh, Guzan was unbelievable. Think, think about the life Brad Guzan has lived. I mean, you play, being a goalie in the Premier Premier League, then now he's Atlanta's goalie, right? Yeah, he, he's not even maybe in the top five of U.S. goalies ever. What are you, you talking about? You, you got Tim Howard was better. Tony Miola, uh, Tony Miola was better. Um, Casey Keller definitely was better. Uh, who am I missing here? Um, uh, that's, those, those are the three big ones right now. Mm-hmm. I'm probably 
fourth or fifth or sixth on the list of great USA goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Goalkeepers, sorry. Um, all right, ma'am. Things well with you. Any, uh, I got to go. Anything? Um, anything big with the Twins coming up? You know, within like the next week, you got any big stories coming out or anything? So I'm actually working on one now. Um, believe it or not, yesterday was um, the 10th anniversary of when Justin Morneau suffered his concussion um, that altered his career. And so I'm writing about that for this weekend. Um, had a great interview with, with Morneau, and it was great to catch up with him and talk about uh, how his career turned out yeah. and how his life turned out. Yeah. And um, and that's coming up this this weekend. But it was Good conversation, and I'm, uh, I'll be crafting as soon as I hang up the phone here. But uh, that's my main thing now. And then, other than that, it's about going to the ballpark, having my temperature t- taken every day, yep. and filling out waivers, and <laughs> and being in the in the press box, spread out six to eight feet uh, yep. from each other. Only, uh, only uh, uh, most of the time, there are times when Patrick Royce has to slide over and and sit next to me while I'm watching Zoom video conferences. But other than that, you know, everything's going good. And everybody's being safe. And good. we're slowly moving toward uh, the start of the baseball season. Uh, you're my main man. Bless you. Uh, tell Larry uh, I say hello. And uh, thanks a lot for the chat, man. I'll call you next week, okay? All right. Take care of yourself. Yep. See you, bud. Lavelle Neal III on the soccer, Twins, La Makina, and all that kind of stuff. Wobble, wobble. What it now? People's in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? It's all good, baby, baby. Shake it, shake it. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Ron G, Brucey B, Kid Capri Funk Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski Hey It's all good Now you know, now you know Somebody's, uh, somebody's eyes are riveted to a television monitor in the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. I've known him for quite some time, professionally and now more so personally. I've never known him to be, A, a fan of the beautiful game soccer, but B, the MLS, Major League Soccer. But um, as Philadelphia threatens to try to get a goal here and open up 2-0 very late in this bad boy, Nacho Lieber is watching this action in the studio brian heating and cooling studios because it is a professional league a live sporting event with a w and l or a d the d would be for draw maxwell give nacho about 10 seconds if you got time you've got to sell audio live sporting event the nacho on the sideline that's me i'm about ready to throw it to nacho to learn something about this philadelphia goalie andre blake Use into that backstory. Uh, kicked out of SMU, went to a Kansas City Junior College, emerged at Ohio State, they canceled the program, and he ended up in soccer. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, what do you think? Well, it's it's something that's on the TV, yes. which my eyes will watch, but uh, See, I'm, it, I'm not I'm not channel-seeking this stuff right. out. But, um, but you get it. Yeah, sure. I mean, right when I sat down, it was... 
Christ. Great <laughs> shot on goal. Yeah. Great block by the goalie. Right. But see, and that, and that was exciting. Uh, ben Lieber, Nacho Lieber, BenLieber.com. Uh, if you were looking for an individual uh, or a family uh, to come to your house, wear masks, and perform TikTok videos, uh, they will dance for you for the right price. BenLieber.com is where you can contact uh, Ben for what he does off the field, microphone, and or camera. Now, when I say you get it, it's like, okay, I'm I'm less than casual soccer fan. Sounds like you are too. I mean, yeah. I can't. Now I got a winner. T- Ooh, I got a um, I got a winner take all um, kind of like power trip bets thing that you guys seemingly do weekly, which is really cool. It's um it's two hundred dollars a person. Nordo, the techie, Gleeman, and me. We drafted eight MLS teams, three skill guys, and one goalkeeper. All right, so now we got the scoring system, the whole thing. Winner takes all. That's, you know, as we go in the neighborhood, it's a fair little number right there. Sure. So, like, this Philadelphia team, I drafted. Uh, NYCFC, the techie drafted. But, see, that really doesn't matter at this moment because whether it's WNBA or MLS, outside of the core four, NFL, NBA, so on, um, it is a live sporting event that is transpiring. They've pushed through the purge. Brave souls have pushed through the purge. To get this to happen, there are no fans. We've listened to about a minute and a half, two and a half minutes in the first hour. There is an F-bomb every two and a half minutes. Now, it's on delay, obviously, because ESPN, you'll hear a, what the? And then nothing. And we've heard that like five times. But see, without fans and, and us broadcasting and calling Vikings games and you doing college football on TV and sometimes some NFL stuff on Westwood One, it's without fans and without piped-in fan noise, which I'm negative on. Just Really? Li- yeah, yeah, I don't, don't want to hear any of that. No, listen, just listen. Listen to everything, like the foot on the ball, the whistle, the whole thing. See? to react is ring. Tinnehoe. I mean, it, you don't need you don't need fake sound. We we don't need in an already fake world because it's not a fake world, but with monotony and everything through which we've been on many levels, we I personally speaking, it's not I'm, I'm not claiming that I absolutely have the right answer, but I don't need I don't need the fake sound piped in. When you hear that, how beautiful was that? Right. It was beautiful, not so. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. I, I think for oh, so- I, I, right I think for no, it's it's I'm not cranky. I just think that I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about football. Okay, yeah, American football. Yeah, like not, like not, when, not the not the true football that we're watching yeah, right now. Like when we call Vikings Bears or Vikings Seahawks yeah. back back here at KFAM because the booths are too small and there's not social distancing. Don't say that. Yeah, like thinking of that. Don't say that. Like, are you going to sit to my left or my right as we Don't watch this game? Off Don't say that. <laughs> I'll say this. God, um, I love you. The uh, the <laughs> L.A. Dodgers uh, released a a soundbite video of like what their broadcasts are going to sound like with piped in fake noise. Okay, awesome. Oh, uh, well, awesome. So okay. it, it, it sounds it sounds like yeah. You just box me up. It sounds like a great like yeah. an exciting playoff game. Okay, you know even though even though there's no fans there mm-hmm. and on a normal game if they're playing you know. 
the Colorado Rockies or something, um, you probably would hear just some crickets. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, fans in the sands, you know, you have a little bit of slight murmur. Yeah. But they obviously piped in like really exciting playoff sounds yeah. of the game. It sounded great. When it comes to football, I don't see how Belichick, any of these any of these coaches be like, yeah, I want the whole world to hear my defensive players calling audibles. Great point. I don't want my I don't want the whole world knowing what the quarterback is saying all the time. Yeah, that that's and and you're next the, level right now. The fans would love it. It would be like this this insight in the game that we've never had before. Yeah. But you got to think that all right, well, we're going to take one of our coaches or some sort of assistant and we're going to put him in front of a TV that's getting the game feed, the broadcast feed. And quarter by quarter, series by series, we have code breakers that are going to break the stuff down because yeah. it happens all the time. Yep. Sign stealers, all that stuff. Very smart individuals in coaching. They're going to take a defensive call and be like, oh, when they check to this, we know they're playing cover three. Wow. Okay. Oh, when they check to this, we know they're playing cover two. Yeah. Then you quickly relay the information to the sidelines. The sideline then tells them the next series, hey, quarterback, when you're calling this out and they say dagger, 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 or in our, you know, we had we had the easiest, yeah. the very easiest yeah. call, Tampa. Like ball we, gag. <laughs> uh, we would turn around and say Tampa, Tampa, yeah. Tampa. Everybody knows we're going Tampa, too. Zipper right? mask. Zipper mask. <laughs> No, that's what they should make. How about this? What? You make it, obviously not blatant, awful curse word, okay? But you make the checks, ball gag, zipper mask, um, words, <laughs> and stuff that TV's going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah. So they, they will. Yeah, four-letter words. Yeah, we have yeah. to drop yeah. the yeah. audio on that mic as Nacho's yelling out, ball gag, ball gag, as somebody goes in motion. And then all of a sudden you get nothing, you get no audio on TV because you're constantly bleeping it out. <laughs> but what are you going to do? I mean, if you're going to have a game and you got to worry about, are we in, in, oh, by the way, New York on a rush, this Andre Blake goaltender for Philadelphia, I couldn't have picked him out of a two person lineup standing next to Anthony Bass or Brian Williams about an hour and change ago, a couple of former Vikings DBs. Uh, your guy for Philadelphia, oh, his last name's Floyd. Um, yeah, he's unbelievable. But it's interesting, and, and when I say your next level and you boxed me up is because I'm rolling in here going, I'm negative on fake noise. I just want the sounds, the natural sound, which forever will be symbolic of 2020 in the pandemic purge. So when we like listen back to things, and there's a great play, a Nacho Lieber interception, he got to the house from 80 against Green Bay, and the Vikings went 1-0. Well, when we look back at that in 2027, like, whoa, where's the crowd? Oh, yeah, that's right, 2020. So that that plays into it now. Where you boxed me up is I have not taken the time or unveiled what you said, where the Dodgers put out something saying, listen to how this sounds. And so I haven't heard what it sounds like. The Cubs had an intra-squad scrimmage yesterday, like the Twins did, and the the Cubs ops, Wrigley Field ops, worked on dropping in sounds at certain times. And and the players for the Cubs were like, paraphrasing, didn't notice it, so dialed in, um, got this picture thrown, this thing up here at 95, I'm trying to listen to, you know, who is fake screaming from the upper deck or out there by the, uh, by the Ivy. I just got to focus in. So they were impervious to it. They were like, it doesn't matter to us either way. Um, so you might be right. 
Um, but I, but when you listen to what I've listened to now for an hour with the sounds of the birds chirping and the whistles and the, the feet kicking the balls and the players yelling and the instructions coming in, what you just heard in very short fashion, I like it. I mean, because it's so, it's so new and it's so different. Well, it's so different, but I think it's all it's sports specific. Soccer is is constant action. So uh, much like, yeah. I mean, football's kind of constant action. I mean, we're we're starting and stopping, but there's enough going on in between games by or in between plays where you're getting calls in the helmets and you're you're communicating. So for us, even though there's not a lot of action, you're mentally into it yeah. the whole time. Baseball's one of those things. Obviously, didn't play at the highest level, but played in high school and baseball is one of those games where well you got I, drafted i think well, i was wrong about that hmm. um, <laughs> um what happened i had misinformation it's okay um so i would think baseball me personally would need some sort of ambient white noise that's going on mm-hmm. and even if they pumped in fake crowd it's like i don't want to be in the outfield hearing the flagpole clanging in the wind you know, I don't want to hear some of that stuff that's like, Why? I don't want to hear birds chirping because I think that's distracting. Okay. I would much rather hear. But I think all of 2020 has been the biggest distraction of my life, and I'm 54 years old. So it's symbolic of the distraction. That's what I'm I'm at. saying. I'm, 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 I'm talking about your, your saying from the Cubs standpoint, the players like, didn't matter, was zoned in. Oh. Oh. You know, I'm saying from a player standpoint, overall, I think they would appreciate more white noise, crowd noise yeah. than birds chirping in the field, and the the flagpole clanging in the wind. Uh, some ears-opening things have developed in football, as we mentioned, an hour and change ago, specifically with the Big Ten and with college football. Uh, we will get into that with Ben Lieber, benlieber.com, at Nacho Lieber via Twitter, around the corner. But remember, around 10 minutes past the hour, we got that cash thing, and here's Maxwell. It is time for a shot to put a grand in your hand with our national cash contest. Text the keyword love, that's keyword love, to 200-200 to enter. Standard text message and data rates apply. Good luck, everybody. 9 to noon will be back. To the fan. What's the band? What's the song? It's Snoop Dogg and Pharrell and Charlie Wilson, actually. Uh, Maxwell, God bless Nordo. I mean, he, he'll be back Monday. Mad producer. It's a 1-1-A with 9 to noon. Maxwell has rolled in, and I charged him because he has the funky music gene mm-hmm. with, with newer school than me. So then, like, Monday, we're talking about, well, like, you know, um, with, with, with old school soul or R&B, it's like, you know, a lot of people... Commodores, Al, Nacho's a brick, House, he's Mike Maite, or um, Stevie Wonder, Nacho Superstition, like, boom, the go-tos. For me, it's not uh, there because it's it's old-school R&B is so deeply rooted with me and so by far my number one hobby, watching, like, live shows on YouTube, stuff mm-hmm. like that, that it's just different 
deeper cuts, as you guys would say, um, on the on on the power trip. Um, so I said to Maxwell, I said, "Go ahead and find new music that is funky, that has a groovy feel to it, from like what you think I like, and just play it." And from Jamiroquai through that number he just played, I mean, he's blown me away with the amount of. Like Jamiroquai's within fifteen years, twenty. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was two thousand, like the early two thousands. Okay, think. yeah. So I mean, okay, so that that was actually older school. You know, I mean, it's like when you were Baby Maxwell. But but he's just he's opened my ears to some things that I'm listening to now in my car or at home that I've really enjoyed. And that uh, that was that new one was uh, was terrific. Thank you. Um, starting to get it. Starting to get a little hot in here. The Ohio State University is halting voluntary football workouts, and the Ivy League is the first Division One league to cancel fall sports. So it's the Ivy League. I mean, and I understand, you know, Isaiah Kazavinsky, Cam Brate, Matt Burke, they're good at what they do, and they might get to, to the highest level and subsequently mm-hmm. make some money, but scholastically speaking, that matters a ton too. So like these Ivy League players, I got no idea what they're thinking about fall sports just being canceled it is when I saw this yesterday, Ivy League, first Division One league to cancel fall sports. Mm-hmm. I thought it was big. I think I think that is big that they did that. You know, because the Kevin Warrens of the world, the Big Ten commissioners, and all that, they're going to look at that and and they they research so deeply everything involving safety in the pandemic and everything i just i wonder what's next with college sports and good morning yeah you know as as we're talking right now um the tv screen has you know three talking heads talking about will we have a college football season this year and and um you know it's as we're getting closer and closer to camp check-in it's becoming uh i would i wouldn't say gloomier but certainly news like this is is a big deal the Ivy League, obviously, they don't have to worry about. They they can be more student health driven, yeah, because they don't have to worry about television television contracts, right? And we all know that money talks in virtually every industry, and and they're in an industry, and they're in a in a in a world of college football that, well, we don't feel the pressure by ESPN or Fox or CBS to play these games, so we can really just look out for our player safety. And like you mentioned, it is an institute of higher learning, and they they keep education number one. I, I do feel terrible for all those student athletes, not just football, but every, every fall sport, because I think that the the benefits of being a student athlete, regardless of sport, is important for individual and personal development. And and they're gonna they're gonna miss out on a semester. Now, is it the end of the world? No. Now, should the NCAA look at some of these players that have NFL aspirations and allow those players, even though it might be a smaller group of players compared to like an Ohio State, you should allow those those guys to transfer from Division One to Division One without without having to sit out a year. There should be a, a waiver for those players. Absolutely, and they, and they should be able to like a free agent. Yeah. Move around now. That, and when I got Kevin Warren on next time, which may be Monday, that that is an elite question for yeah. him. And and that should be and here's what's going to happen too is, and and you're just going to have to allow this. You know there is this movement within the transfer protocol that a lot of people think well that's you're just masking free agency in college sports. 
And that's kind of true. You know, the, the players still have to have an exemption. They have to have a reason why they're transferring. It's got to be some sort of personal hardship. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, guarantee you, you got a lot of college coaches, especially on the East Coast, that are in the Power Five group that are combing through the Ivy League players and saying, like, yeah, hey, good. That, that's a hell of a player. That's that's an NFL caliber player in a position that we need. Yeah, let's see if we can recruit that player right. and get him to come over. That's that's happening as we speak. Yep. Um, Great angle. Uh, Kansas State they um, they shut down their facility and their their offseason stuff a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, I, th- I think um, was it Texas did as well. And LSU had some issues. Now Ohio State is doing it. Well, North Carolina did. Yeah, like, uh, did you say UNC? No. Yeah, UNC not. a couple of days ago, boom, I saw yeah. that. But then when I saw the OSU mm-hmm. uh, with voluntary workouts mm-hmm. and, and you know, uh, players are getting bit, they're like, no, it's out. Yeah. For now. And, you know, I don't know what the right thing to do is. You know, I I look at the... It's super confusing. I look at the numbers and it's like, all right, you know, they are voluntary workouts, so you can't, you know, it's voluntary slash mandatory workouts, right? And so um, you can't make those guys be there. Um, so that's that's kind of a sticking point to to me as well, too. It's like, well, these a lot of these guys are going to be getting together anyway, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I mean, look, look at, I, I've got a little bit of a bone to pick with some of the NFL, NFLPA squabble that's going on, too. I mean, now we're going down a, a, a bigger road, but... Is it a squabble at this stage? Oh, it, it is. It yeah. is. It's, I'm glad you said that, dude. It is a major yeah. deal. Yeah, that it's I don't emerging. Think it's, gonna... it's emerging into something yeah. bad, something real bad. Right. And you know, the, the NFLPA can they can say, "Oh, look at player." Like I hate the fact that both both sides will use "quote unquote" player safety to move their agendas. Yeah. Right. And and they always and. Some of the stuff is like it's not really about player safety. You're trying to just move it, move the needle one way or another, and they're just going to claim, "Oh, we're hiding behind player safety." When you don't really give a rip about player safety, you're just trying to get something to pass through. And and these NFLPA guys are saying like, "No, we don't want to. We don't want any preseason games." Okay, well now you're now you're you're telling me that you're looking out for your players in general, the well-being of your players. Well, look at all the guys that need preseason football to prove their worth, and then. How come there's been no NFLPA stance on all these guys on Instagram getting together and throwing the football around and working out together? You've got multiple NFL guys from across the league getting together in Houston, Atlanta, um, you know, Tennessee, Nashville. Nobody says a word. Tom Brady walked into somebody's house that he thought was Byron Leftwich's. Right. And, like, I mean, I, I don't know if he had a mask or not, but this right. is months accidentally walked into somebody's house. Listen, NF, the NFLPA is getting is is getting jerked around internally by their leadership committee and their players because those guys are getting, they don't want to play preseason. They've never wanted to play preseason games, ever. They don't want to do it. But, and, and so now they're like, oh, player safety, let's not play any games. Yeah. And, and they're like, look, we're, we're just looking out for players. BS. You're not looking after your place because you have issued no statements on guys getting together in the off season that can easily transmit the the virus just as much as they can in in in, um, in uh, preseason football. So I can't say just as much though, with all due respect. And I mean, you've boxed me up so much the first 29 minutes of this uh, of this hour that I'm in a coffin, man, six feet under. But I'm gonna try to reemerge like Dracula. Is if you got six guys together and you're you're say it's Cousins and Jefferson and Irv Smith and whomever. Compared to 11-on-11, sweating, bodies vulnerable, torn down, and the game doesn't count. 
And I'm positive on preseason football. We've talked about it for years. I like that slow burn because I know how people change, players, coaches, and other people, when the games count. Mm-hmm. And when I say change, it's just because the pressure is markedly more immense than August through Labor Day weekend. But, I mean, it, it's it's it, if you can find a way to not get them together and potentially have um, a, a pandemic-related situation pop up from one of these games, then then why do it? Then if it, the game doesn't count, there won't be fans. So then why do it? Because I know the way these guys think. Yep. And I was a part of the PA for a couple of years, and I saw the inner workings. These players want to get – it's it's moving more and more. The, the softness of the players is getting ridiculous. They they want to do away with I'll, – I'll put it this way. They, they want their cake and eat it too. Like they're they're becoming this um, there's this ideology that that we shouldn't practice in the off season. Like they don't even want they don't even want OTAs. They don't want mini they they want to go back. The funny thing is they want to go back to the way it was back in the early days of football, where you just show up to training camp yeah. and Gotta you don't drive have to, a FedEx truck in the off season. You don't have to do anything, but they want to be paid like modern day NFL athletes. Right. So they want all of it and do less work. They're getting soft, and it drives me crazy because they—they they, you're getting paid a lot of money, and you you need to hone your craft even in the off season. And they want to do away with it because they just want to be on their vacations, and they just want to like have all this time. And they're going, oh, but my body needs time to heal. BS, dude. Like I, I've been there, I've done it. Yes, you need some time, and the teams will give you time in the off season to get your body right. And even when you get back to OTAs, if you're not 100% healthy, they're not going to make you practice. But the idea that these guys, again, quote-unquote player safety is just a guise for them to get out of training camp because nobody wants to do training camp because they don't get paid the way that they get paid during the regular season. We've ne- NFL players never get paid the real portion of their salary until they get to, this, until they get to the season. They get paid a fraction of week to week during the preseason. So they're like, hey, that's BS that the owners are going to make ticket sales. They're going to they're going to ask the fans to pay the normal ticket prices for preseason football and then take in all that revenue mm-hmm. and give us a fraction of that. All right. That's where the disparity comes. If they got paid, if they got paid for those games and they got treated like a regular season games and so now all of a sudden you can tack on that percentage onto your contract, mm-hmm. they would be playing preseason football. Ben Lieber, Nacho Lieber, BenLieber.com. More uh, more on the world of football. Excellent commentary by Ben. More of it coming up around the corner. It's- F-A-N. On her racetrack in France, everybody got a clap in their hands. Seem like a long way from Union Station. On her racetrack in Let me ask you a question. You, um, in between calling races last evening, lo- looking at Twitter, um, you, you had a tweet involving Eagles receiver Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Your Deshaun Jackson tweet, by the way, I mean, you, you made this public, so I assume you're comfortable with me reading. For things. sure, yeah. I do. If I put on Twitter, <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Man. No, I appreciate you asking. How friendship that. goes, yeah. I should have texted yeah. you. 
uh, your Deshaun Jackson tweet. Quote, R.E. Deshaun Jackson. Is si- if silence is compliance still is a thing, have a lot of quiet players out there, hashtag NFL. Now, it's off the anti, anti-Semitic comments Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson made, then copyright bumper to bumper, mm-hmm. uh, went Sir Wonga on it multiple times with the backpedaling. Then former NBA player um, Stephen Jackson, mm-hmm. um, who he's an activist, and um, he got loud. Now, he's backpedaled this morning saying, I used the wrong choice of words. You know, the 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 silence... How am I going to put this? Okay, Deshaun Jackson said what he said, did what he did before the moonwalk, the backpedaling. The, the quote, silence being deafening, end quote, from those around the league. Sure. Just not immediately. I mean, it's like this week is... I, I don't know where it came from, or, or but I think it's true. Like you know, why I started bringing it up. There are just so many people now that are waking up in the morning with metaphorical boxing gloves on. Yeah, they're opening their phone and they're watching to whatever, and they're just ready to fight. They are ready to find something, cherry pick something. Oh, there it is. Uh, quote, tweet, blah blah blah. Hashtag this. Boom. What's next? Um, and and post Jackson, you were right. It's like I went looking around and everything, and you just didn't get as much from, like, NFL players or, like, like honestly, I'm surprised that LeBron James was not the first one with the metaphorical boxing gloves to jump out there and even say anything. Maybe he did. Maybe I missed it. Then Steven Jackson came in, and then now he's backpedaled a little, a little bit with some things he said. You know, Deshaun Jackson thought, of all people, he was quoting Adolf Hitler. I mean, and and well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and and it the the from what I understand, the quote was a tr- was wrongly attributed yeah. to Hitler. So so that that whole piece is out is out of the mix as of now. But what what I thought for me the the lasting thing off this a day and change removed from it. It it was like Mitchell Schwartz, mm-hmm. right tackle Kansas City, Jeff Schwartz, former teammate of yours. Is you played with Jeff, right? Jeff Schwartz. Yeah, offensive lineman. I think he was here with you for a minute, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, but he played for the Vikings. Um his younger brother, one of the best right tackles in the NFL of Jewish faith. Yep. What he came out and said and how he did it. Somebody else did it this morning Edelman. too. Julian Edelman, yep. thank you. Um, uh, Julian Edelman, who's Jewish. Mm-hmm. The way he did it in in talking about Deshaun Jackson. What impressed me here is because it throws it back to Breeze and the flag and what everybody was saying, metaphorical boxing gloves, I'm just, I'm going to kill you socially, and then just like disappear for a little bit. Then Tony Dungy comes out and says, all right, well, first of all, Drew has to be able to say what he said. Mm-hmm. And that's fine that he said it. Because now you can see that. You can quantify it with those who look at it that way, and we can talk about it and talk about why Colin Kaepernick started this and why people are going to do it. Happened last night at Orlando, Miami. First MLS game, all on knees, arms locked. Um, the the symbolic black fist of uh, togetherness and power and, and, how, and whatever the proper way to describe it is. It's Tony Dungy went opposite Richard Sherman, Doug Baldwin, LeBron James, Aaron Rodgers, 8 million other people on Twitter. And he's like, well, no, Drew has to be able to say that. And now we have the opportunity to teach. Mm -hmm. Love that. Because that's kind of what Mitchell Schwartz did. 
than Julian Edelman did it again today. So that's that's the serendipity I'm pulling from the Deshaun Jackson situation. Until I saw your tweet last night, and you're dead right. It's like he comes out with these harsh uh, uh, a- anti-Semitic comments on Instagram and 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 references Louis Farrakhan and 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 Adolf Hitler and stuff. And then I'm not saying it was crickets, but I thought it would be a little louder from those around the league, you know, kind of like coming at him because that's what people do in this day and age on uh, on social media. Yeah, I I was dumbfounded because I, you know, my my response or my tweet was, you know what, over 24 hours or so, if not more, after the Deshaun Jackson stuff came out, and you know, I'm paying attention and I'm just kind of like, okay. Um, first of all, I'll say when I saw that, when I initially saw the his his Instagram deal and the tweets that came out after that, I almost couldn't believe it. I I had to like really look. Am I am I reading that right? Like yeah. this dude just quoted Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so what is? And I and I even then I'm like, okay, well. Listen, maybe he had some empowering quote, and it's just maybe it's apropos to what's going on, and maybe there's like some sort of like um, solidarity piece that we can. Then he goes on. I mean, and then the quote is basically saying like, "The white Jews are controlling the black population." Yeah. And until we until we stand up against that in the banking system and all that stuff, mm-hmm. they're going to con- continue to manipulate us, right? And that's what basically. Hitler was kind of inferring to, and then it finds that we find out that that was kind of a misquote that was attributed to him. It doesn't matter. This dude, in the day and age that we live in right now, on the heels of George Floyd, on the heels of injustice and systemic racism. Yep. Now, this whole thing has opened everybody's eyes to racism towards black people. But in the end, racism is racism. It doesn't matter if you're Asian. It doesn't matter um, if you're Hispanic. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or you're black. If we're going to be all in this together, then we have to fight systemic racism. This dude freaking quoted Adolf Hitler, and nobody says a god dang thing. Right? Nobody. All the loudest people, all the loudest athletes from across the board were so ready and so easily triggered when a guy like Drew Brees was coming from a patriotic stance, not a racist stance, a patriotic stance. And he casually and irresponsibly misstepped his words to say, like, "I, I care so much about the flag that it doesn't matter what your cause is. This is what I believe in. Yeah, It wasn't even a racist comment, but yet Deshaun Jackson who is a black active player in the NFL, quotes Adolf Hitler and is clearly pointing at the Jewish culture and the Jewish people, nobody says a thing. If you want to walk the walk, then walk the walk. If you want to point fingers at everybody else, you want to point fingers at a, at, at a white quarterback or somebody over here, when your own type of guy, when your own community member says something that's racist, and you don't say anything, it's ridiculous. And it needs to be called out. And that's all I was doing is like, okay, I'm going to give this some time to breathe. Give us some time to breathe. Maybe maybe LeBron will come out and say something. 
You know, maybe Malcolm Jenkins will Max, come out and say something. Check those phone lines, man. See if somebody got something good. Appreciate you. Go ahead. You know, maybe Malcolm Jenkins will come out and say it. Maybe Michael Thomas, who was so quick to jump all over his quarterback about something. Maybe they'll come out against one of their boys in the NFL, an active player, and say, like, Deshaun, dude, what are you doing? You're taking away from everything that we're trying to do as a country here. Right. Like, we're trying to bring people together and, and, not, and not point out stuff like this and, like, keep drawing division lines. Nobody says, nobody says a word. Why? I don't know why. Who knows why? It's not for me to answer. I don't know that question. I don't know the, the answer to that. But it, those, uh, where is everybody at? Yeah. This, this guy is quoting a, a person that killed millions and millions of Jews and, and because the, of hatred. And it was an erroneous. I mean, it was, he, thought, he thought it was attributed to who you're talking about. But it, actually, it doesn't matter. I got when, it. When, when the head, when, when, the Instagram post says Hitler, yeah. semicolon, yeah. quotes. It doesn't matter if somebody inserted those quotes or not. Mm-hmm. He's taking what he thinks is Hitler's words, and he's, like, very cavalier and casual about it. Hold on a second. Maxwell. Max, if, um, yeah, I mean, if anybody has anything to say, I have time to take some calls with Nacho. I mean, we're not, we're not on a bully pulpit here thinking everything we say is, is how it has to be and is right. So, yeah, we just, we just got to go lickety-split here, okay? Continue. Anything else? Um, so I will say this. Look, I, I don't. I don't know everything about Black history. I don't know everything about Jewish history. Mm-hmm. But if Deshaun would take a step back and look at the Jewish culture and the Black culture, they're, they're they should be tied together. If you look at the history, oh yeah, the the Jewish culture, the Israelites have been enslaved for thousands yeah. of years. Well, then you go slavery into the Holocaust and and just right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. so you, they want you want to talk about the original slaves. They're one of the original slaves as a as a group of people. They, you know, a lot of people think the pyramids were built off the backs of the slave labor that was brought over from from Israel. Now, if you want to talk about two cultures that can identify with each other, mm-hmm. that have gone through some real s, some real crap, yeah, they should be bonded together, not separate. It's not separated. Jared, St. Paul, nine to noon. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. I just wanted to quickly call, and just one, I wanted to say thanks for uh, you know talking about this. I think it's really important. And as a Jewish American, I felt compelled to call in and and just to give my two cents on it. To just say, you know, and Lieber, you were saying, you know, this isn't a question for you to answer, and that's and I think that's the right way to approach it. Um, but I, I guess I can provide my answer as to why I think this is going on, and why the, the silence is so deafening. And for me, to be honest with you guys, it's nothing new, uh, you know. And you can dive further into this and go look at uh, former NFL running back Larry Johnson's Twitter right now. He was he played at Penn State and he was a Kansas City Chief for a long time. He played. Remember, he had a good four or five year stretch. He was one of the best backs in the league. If you think what Deshaun Jackson's been saying was bad, go check out his Twitter because it is appalling and horrifying. But the reality is, as a Jewish American, as a person who I live in the Twin Cities, you know. Um, this is the kind of stuff we deal with every single day, um, whether you are a practicing Jew or not. If you have a Jewish name, if you uh, look Jewish, like I look very Jewish, uh, the very stereotypical Jewish features, you know, I have got those passed down to me. Um, people make comments, and people act like it's not a big deal to be anti-Semitic, but reality is it is. It's difficult, uh, and I, too, want to see more togetherness, and I appreciate your call for that, Ben, that 
that, you know, people who have been disenfranchised, you know, we need to bond together now more than ever. That is just, at the end of the day, the only way we can come through this is if we come through it stronger together. So thanks for taking my call. Andy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Any um, any comment off that? No, I mean, I, I would just say that, again, I I can't speak to this. And then, and you know, the the other part is that, there are times where if you're on the outside of like I'm not a Jewish American, I don't I don't have Jewish heritage, I'm not black either. Um, there is um, there's this idea, and that's why I said it is silence compliance, and I, and I hated that. I I hated that people said that. Hold on one second. Yeah, Maxwell, I'm I'm holding Ben over to eleven twelve ish. Um, so yeah, go ahead and fill these phone lines if people want to talk about this. Go ahead. So this was kind of my 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 Twitter thing was kind of a callback to when like, you know, Kyle Rudolph and some of the Vikings the white Vikings players were called out and they're like, oh, silence is compliance. It's like, well, what do you? Come on, this is a very heavy topic. First of all, those guys that you're calling out, they're not black. Like they didn't grow up in in that context to know the real struggles that are going on. Give them some time to digest what is going on and give an appropriate response. But these guys were being called out because they're being quiet about something. Now, this dude, Deshaun Jackson, just says, quotes something about Adolf Hitler, and now all of a sudden, like, everybody's quiet? Like, are we going to use the same standards? Like, there's a double standard, there's a hypocrisy going on, and and I've, and I'm taking the stance, just like the caller is saying, like, well, and I appreciate the support and the fact that, like, I'm not sure what to say. I don't really know, other than, like, it's total BS that nobody's saying anything and, and that Deshaun Jackson is getting a slap on the wrist when it comes to this cancel culture. And I'm not saying I want him to get canceled. I'm just saying, like, treat all these racist issues the same, regardless of what color or what culture they come from. If you've been listening for the last, say, 15 minutes um, and you would like to uh, chime in, we have some people on hold. We're going to break right now, come back, take these phone calls. Uh, ben Lieber, nice enough to uh, stick around for another segment. Uh, 9 to noon. Cont- the Fan. Opportunity to win a thousand dollars. We call it a grand in your hand. Uh, that's coming up with um, fill-in producer Maxwell Fuller, Ben Lieber. Nice enough to stick around for another segment because we uh, began talking about a tweet of Lieber's that I saw yesterday uh, while I was crafting from uh, the uh, the sinkhole at, at Canterbury Park, getting ready for Nacho Lieber from ten into eleven. So I went and gravy trained his Twitter a little bit just to see what's been going on. And and about a day ago, 23 hours ago, Nacho tweeted, Ari Deshaun Jackson, is silences compliance still a thing? Have a lot of quiet players out there, hashtag NFL. And it 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 really, really piqued my interest. Not looking to like, you know, I can't wait to get in here and just get both sides going and they're going to argue. So I went looking around Twitter and stuff like that, you know, and and uh, and this this is not in any way. I'm not comparing what Deshaun Jackson said to anything that developed with George Floyd and and stuff like that. 
But I'm simply saying it was super aggressive what Deshaun did and said, what mm-hmm. he said. And then I'm not saying it was crickets, but it certainly wasn't as loud as some other things we've seen the last month, month and a half. And it continued that way and continued that way. And so then I just started wondering, brought it up to Nacho Lieber, and and um, and he shared from his heart, and some people uh, would like to chat about it. Howard, Chicago, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Paul, everyone, you know I'm Jewish, and Ben, we've met before. Absolutely. So I know I'm... So I know I'm saying this with somewhat a, a different type of turn. But if this would have been Julian Edelson saying, or this would have been said by, for example, Schwartz, he'd be suspended. And this, either it works both ways or it doesn't work at all. And I'm appalled that nothing, nothing's happened to Jackson. And my friends who are Philly fans, are, are done being Eagle fans, I invited him to join the Purple Covenant. But this is just wrong. This, there has to be consequences when you do something. Thank you, Howard. Thanks, Howard. Kobe, Minneapolis, good morning. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Man, I am just so kind of confused by this whole Sean Jackson thing. It's like... I don't know. I mean, I, I totally disagree with what he said. I don't I don't condone what he said. I don't like what he said. And I'm not Jewish. So it doesn't take a Jewish person to to, to feel like that was kind of derogatory. <clears throat> but at the same time, I feel like where's all this backlash when we have things that happen in our country? Like, I don't want to say, but the Holocaust and stuff like that, if you go to a public school, it's not really, it's taught, but we really don't feel it because we don't see it every day. We don't. I never grew up with Jewish kids in my school. I never, I, I don't know a lot of Jewish people. The only ones I do know are really successful. So you don't really feel their pain because you don't deal with them on an everyday level where African-Americans and people of, of color that literally are, our bad thing that happened, our bad thing happened on American soil. It happened here in America. So how come we don't, we don't get that same energy as far as, like that Philadelphia uh, uh, Cooper, a couple, whatever his name is, that played for Philly, that that said the N word. Riley, Riley Cooper. Yeah, Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper, and it's like, I, and to be honest, it's, it's yeah, we we say it a couple of days, and while it's hot news, yeah, and then it goes away, and then it, it's never talked about again. And I don't want to ever take away anything that what happened with the Jews, and I and I'm never gonna take nothing away from that. And I'm a Muslim. Yeah, no, I got you. Nothing away. From, I'll never take nothing away from the Jews. But what I'm saying is, what Deshaun Jackson and where he's coming from is, listen, I'm from America. We don't know on a really breakdown basis on what happened with the Jew. We don't. We, we, we got taught about it two weeks in school, and then it's on to the next thing. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, so, with, with, with all due respect, Kobe, you can't say we. I mean, because, like, I mean, you can say you, where, you know, I, I mean, I grew up around a lot of Jewish people. Uh, Howard, who just called in from Chicago, is a very good friend of mine. When, when I go to Chicago to call Vikings games, I've gone to his house and dined with him and his family, he is what is known as an Orthodox Jew, okay? Uh-huh. And he has read every word of the Old Testament multiple times. He studies That's the right. Old Testament three hours a day. Now, That's for right. Howard, the, 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 the Bible stops at the end of Micah. For me, it, it stops at the end of Micah, but then it begins with the tax collector Matthew all the way through the end of Revelation. But that uh-huh. do, that does not separate my love for Howard or my friendship with him. Our, our, our biblical separation there 
with what he looks at happening in John, Luke, Matthew, and so on compared to the way I look at it. But see, the common thread here is that we're non-judgmental, is that we are not judging each other for what our beliefs are. So, but, but see, being like him, and I bet you a lot of people listening right now, uh, being orthodox, and I got a lot of respect for this, and I think you, I, I think people doing what I'm about to say, um, whether it's tied to religion or not, is nothing but a good thing. Every Saturday, Howard Bornstein and his family, per their, their faith, no, no electricity, uh, no, no phone calls, phones off from sunup to sundown. And, and I'm not sure how uh, the eating or drinking works. I don't, there, there might be fasting during the day, and uh-huh. it is com- it is faith based conversation about the Old Testament. You study it. Uh, he, Howard and I had a 30 minute conversation the other day about the Book of Hosea. That's one of the greatest conversations I've had in the last five years. So that's wow. but see that what what, we need. what they do it they unplug like Howard unplugs for one yep. day a week in they honor of in honor of God. For him, exactly. but really for sure. everybody, just to do that, put your phones away. Um, we we don't need lights, you know. We don't got a lot of people coming over. We don't need to eat and mass. Or, you know what I'm saying? There, right. So, so there. With all of that said, you know that all goes into what I know about Judaism and 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 what I and and the people that that I call friends and people I legitimately love and 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 what they go through. And I ain't going to go down the road. Of comparing the the plight of the black man, which mm-hmm. is it's legit and it's legit for many many decades and and centuries, um, and today. and compare it to 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 Judaism. So I'm not going to do that, uh, but nevertheless, I I do believe uh, I do believe but, that the way I, you put it when you said like we don't live around that, you can't say we. I mean, you got to say you. Well, you know? I I do okay. want to I do want to comment real quick because you know I I'm feeling what you're saying. I'm not sure I understand completely what you're saying, but there seems to be a little bit of a justification in the tone of what you're talking about. And I will say this, that it's hard to feel the struggle from multiple cultures when you are isolated in pockets of America and pockets of the world. So Mm -hmm. can can we honestly say that what Deshaun Jackson exhibited was ignorance? A hundred percent. I think so. It is... Is ignorance still punishable? Absolutely. Yep. And and I think oh, that's no, that's all that's all I'm saying is that yeah. is that where are the loud voices that can verbally give him his due punishment, even though it's ignorance? Like did did Deshaun, I don't know, did he grow up in a in a around a lot of Jewish people and really understand and feel the pain that they have to go through? No, probably not. Listen, I, I grew up in both Iowa and South Dakota. I didn't have one black teammate. I didn't play against one black person in football or any other sport, right? Uh-huh. So I am very ignorant to the black culture. Uh-huh. But I'm also aware enough exactly. and educated exactly. enough to not make a stupid thing that he did. That's right. That's, and if I 100%. did, I would say, you know what? I deserve the punishment and the verbal social tongue lashing that I deserve because I am uneducated on the process or I'm uneducated on the situation and I'm ignorance and that's my and that, fault. And that's that is all I'm asking is like, call his ass out. I, Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, I, when I, when I read, when I read it, when I, when I seen what he said and I, I it, it literally, it rubbed me, it, I got, it got me sick. But can I say this on top of that? Like 
as far as, okay, I, I totally agree with everything you guys are saying. And, and I might have not have said what I wanted to say in the right way, but at the end of the day, there's no right way to say what I wanted to say because I'm going on the opposition of majority of the callers. And I was kind of trying to give it a, a double yeah. light because I got a lot you. of times when I, I, I always want to call you guys because I, I hear a lot of <laughs> one side things on a lot of topics, but I never get to call in and try to give it a little rebuttal and give it a little. There you, you are. I mean, um, you're so, trying to give context. I, I yeah. And I appreciate that. LeBron yeah. James, Remember when, Le- when LeBron James and the NBA was going to China, I believe, or somewhere in the Asians, to play a basketball game, and um, a lot of Muslims were in concentration camps. And I think this was last year, and a lot of Muslims were in concentration camps, and they were ki- killing Muslims by the dozens every single like second mm. in China or whatever. And um, somebody asked Le- uh, LeBron, like, hey, are you going to say something about this? And he said basically, like, like, that's their business. Like, you know what I mean? I'm from America type of thing. And it's like, whoa, like you, like, yo, like you're mm-hmm. doing so much. The NBA was doing so much business with China, and China are killing Muslims like crazy. Hey. But the thing is, we don't know. We don't know that they're doing this. So, therefore, I can't blame a regular white man in America for not stealing that type of way from Muslims in China because, first of all, he's not Muslim, and he probably doesn't know what the real magnitude of what's really going on. So when LeBron made that comment saying, like, oh, I'm going to stay out of this, I felt like, <laughs> what? Hey, Kobe. Hey, Kobe. You're always still talking about human, 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 human life. Like, now they're telling you, hey, you're doing business with China, and China's doing this. Oh, I ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, come on, dog. Like, And I feel like there's double standards for everybody. Everybody kind of feels really, really bad when somebody says something that they believe in. But as long as they don't have to call themselves something of what's being made fun of, then they kind of Kobe. back and let it happen. Kobe, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for opening your heart. And that's hey, Paul, I thank you, man. Thank you for taking my call. Thank yeah. you guys so much. Hey, man, and, and anytime you hear something you think is one-sided, I can't guarantee you that we'll be taking phone calls. But, I mean, you, you call up anytime, okay? I appreciate you. Ricardo, how you been? I'm well, Paul. How about yourself? Good. What's up, bud? Um, hey, I wanted to say uh, a couple things. One, uh, you know, many people may not know that uh, the NAACP actually was founded not just by African Americans, but by three rabbis hmm. and maybe five or six other um, uh, uh, Jewish businessmen and lawyers. Um, and so there, there certainly has been a very strong relationship between the African American community and the Jewish community. Um, I think that was back in the early 1900s, 1905 or 1908 or something like that. And even since this George Floyd uh, uh, tragedy has happened, um, a lot of my very close friends, Jewish friends, uh, we were working on community building. But I would say just a couple of things. One, candidly, um, if you self-identify as a minority, if I have to tell you what I am, then you have a different plight than, than I do. Uh, if you, you have to say, if you raise your hand and you say, I'm Jewish yeah. or I'm gay or uh, you, you, if you have to self-identify, that's a different burden. It's not it's not a it's not a it's not an easier burden. It's not, you know, they, when you look at history, um, you know, it, it, and I, I will tell you candidly, if, if, if I would if it was just you and me, Paul, you, me and Kevin and Julia's talking. Yeah, I might say that in our community, there might be a degree of jealousy about how the Jewish community continues to coalesce around those within their community that need help. That is, I, we, I personally try to emulate that. I try to emulate that in my community. I, I talk about it all the time with my Jewish friends and with my African-American friends. You know, they are, you, when you think about the building you go to a couple times a week, 
uh, that uh, the the grandfather of the wolves were living in a in a, in a uh, yep. the base in the bottom of a of a barn during World War II, and now yep. they, <laughs> I mean, you know, big ups for real. But that said, whether you're talking about uh, you know that amazing story or just the average you know neighbor, you know, th- their community works very hard, but they do have the capacity to uh, exist. In a in, in a community that looks like them, uh, even those you know Howard and others say that I might look you know certainly in, in Minnesota you 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 know they're, they're, you're not going to see that as much you know there is a homogenization at least genetically or in appearances and it gives a, it it makes it a little easier where when I walk into a room you know exactly what I am and and so there's a different challenge but what I I think the problem is two things one uh, Ben uh, people shouldn't be punished. You know, we're not daddy. People should be educated. And if they make a decision to do something, then we make a decision of what to do or what not to do. Uh, so I don't, uh, the idea of punishing Deshaun, what we can say is we don't want to be in the Deshaun uh, uh, Jackson business anymore. And then whatever that means for him, it means either he, he learns from it or he doesn't. But when these overtones around punishment, around needs, these are the overtones of uh, institutional racism. These are the kind of things I hear that make that are dog whistle to me. He's wrong. Wrong is wrong is wrong. And what I would say to Kobe is, if you allow ignorance to happen to your Jewish brother, we're going to be next. So the tolerance for 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 ignorance in any way, in any shape, all you're doing is creating a fertile ground for intolerance to be uh, meted out on you. But what I don't want to hear, what I what I get kind of prickly about is when I hear somebody talk about punishing somebody. You know, what, what we should be doing is saying, this is what's wrong. Here's what our shared uh, values are. Here's what our shared pain is. And this is how we learn from it. Ricardo, thank you very much. No problem. Yep, and good hearing from you. I like the way you laid that out. I mean, it's because in the as you, as as you keep putting it, the cancel culture. You know, I've seen that on Twitter too. Yeah. You know, it's immediately well, Deshaun did this, and he said this, and now he's backpedaled. Um, but you know, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman, the owner and general manager of um, of the Eagles, are both Jewish. So now Deshaun needs to be out. That you need to be cut. You need to be on the street. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, I don't either. No, and 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 to. Um... Ricardo, just to rebut well, one thing, he his main sticking point <clears throat> about me saying punishment. When I say punishment, I'm talking more from a social punishment. Yeah. You know, obviously, we're not going to go over there and paddle his butt. You know, we're not going to smack his wrist. We're not going to throw him in a corner. All I'm saying is the, the way in which we attacked the racism that is going on with the black community in these last several weeks and how loud the voices were on on social media, none of that existed. None, that has not happened yet. When somebody, an active NFL player, loudly is proclaiming that Jewish white Americans and the Jewish culture is holding down the black community and, and it is throwing out this Hitler rhetoric, nobody has said anything. And and that's all I'm talking about is like, yes, Education needs to happen because clearly this guy is ignorant in, on, on all things that are going on within that community, what that Jewish community has has to, the challenges and the struggle they've had to uh, endure as a people. Um, and 
And there's actually more cohesiveness and more symmetry between the black community and the Jewish community. He obviously doesn't get that. So I'm not saying that we have to punish him, like kick him off the team and all that stuff. I'm just saying, where's the accountability? We're keeping everybody accountable for every little misstep and word that they may say on Twitter, social media, or even on live TV. But this dude has doubled down on his stance about where he feels, and yet there's no accountability. That's all I'm talking about. Accountability can be punishment. It can feel like punishment. And that's all. That's that's where I'm coming. Thanks for sharing from your heart. I appreciate it. Thank you. Ben Lieber, BenLieber.com, Maxwell Fuller, Cash Thing. It's time for a shot to put a grand in your hand with our National Cash Contest. Text the keyword money. That's keyword money to 200-200 to enter. Standard text message and data rates apply. Good luck, everyone. 9 to noon. We'll be back. Corzo, it's Paul Allen. How you been? Man, good to hear the Gap Band again, Paul. Great to be on. Give it to him for 10 seconds. It's funky because it's Maxwell. Loud, please. Drums. Very nice. Gap Band's good, just like Corzo at Corzo 60 on Twitter. He's a barrister by day, a sports-loving fan by night, and... um uh, the Corzo Covenant begins with the fact that uh, MLS, a professional league with um, live games and announcers and no fans and natural sound, uh, they are playing games that lead to W's, L's, or D's, wins, losses, or draws. Uh, does that do anything for you that these brave souls are pushing through the purge? And good morning. Yeah, good morning. You know, I, I'm not much of a soccer fan, so that doesn't. I'm a huge NBA fan, a huge Twins fan. So certainly when they start playing games that matter, uh, I will watch the game somewhat. Uh, but I, I, it, it seems to me I'm kind of uncomfortable with the whole process of it, given where COVID is progressing in our country and that, that our whole country doesn't seem to have ever taken it seriously enough. And uh, it concerns me that if maybe we had taken it seriously, you know, we took it seriously for about a month, month and a half. If we had taken it seriously, maybe for March, April, May, and June, then maybe we could be going not only going back to sports, but have people in the stands. And uh, I'm just concerned that it's it's spiraling so far out of control now that I hope that that these these leagues coming back doesn't lead to something bad. But I'm not even certain that these leagues will finish. We know we don't know how it's going to turn out, especially with. The NBA and MLS being in Florida, which is now I see on the news today, maybe the hottest spot in the entire world. Uh, Corzo Covenant, Scott uh, Korzanowski. Corzo Covenant. De- defi- and I'm not. I'm you know my my record against you is one and four. When you say something and I come at the other side, I'm non confrontational. Quite honestly, I couldn't care less enough about a lot of things to want to argue. But you and I seem to argue a little bit lovingly, and and I'm not big on you putting a blanket over we have not handled the coronavirus the right way. I mean, it's A, there's no handbook. Sorry to use the cliche, but there's not. And B, 
I mean, I'm not going to look at situations with some of these knucklehead 20-year-olds who couldn't care less about anything in the world except themselves convening sans masks and spread, spreading a virus, then old people get it and die. I'm not going to take those groups and then say we a, as a country. So please explain. Well, I think we as a country, I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying not to politicize the issue, but but there is other countries, free countries, countries that, uh, you know, I, I think if you're a, a totalitarian regime, it's much easier to force people to stay inside. I get that. Uh, I don't want to be a totalitarian regime, and we certainly aren't. So when I look at other countries like Germany or some of the, um, not, not Sweden, because Sweden's whole idea was we're going to leave everything open. Okay, that was their plan. And you can kind of look how that worked out. Norway and Finland, the people all got together. Uh, and they, they worked together, and you didn't see people complaining because they had to wear masks, okay, which is an absurd position that people take. And so when I say we, I mean our country's leadership. And because, look, our country elected our, our leaders. So uh, you know, we can sit there and say you were idiots for voting for this guy, or I'm glad I voted for this guy. What I'm saying is our country seems to be focusing on the wrong things from a leadership perspective, and that's why so many people within our country are acting the way they are. They're acting like wearing a mask is like the sacrifice that soldiers did when they went to World War II or to Vietnam. I mean, it's absurd to me the things that our country would do back when we were facing World War II, when we were facing 9-11 and other things, and now people won't wear damn masks. It's, and where does that go? That goes to our leadership as a country that we that, – that's why I say the collective we. Our country has not led us in the appropriate manner, and we need to be led People need to be led. You need to have a unified message for people. Otherwise, you get what we've got, well, which is people, which is young people going to parties, people yeah. not wearing masks. People not only not wearing masks, but when someone asks them to wear one, they lose their minds. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, so- and you know, Nor- Nordo four months ago prophetically said, uh, Paul, we are going to learn a lot about people in the purge, the, the, the nickname yeah. for whatever the reason we started with, with, uh, the pandemic purge and the shutdown and the quarantine. And, you know, he, we, we just had some instances that, uh, we either came across at work or in our personal lives where, you know, he said, we're going to learn a lot about people during this purge. And he was right. And, and, and you're right about, you know, uh, for instance, like at, at, we, we have grocery stores and wherever people will go and they wear masks in there or they don't. I do. And that's my personal choice. I'm not being made to do it. I personally do it. And it's nobody's business why I do it. Uh, and, and, and I don't have to share. I do it. So end of the equation at Canterbury Park, you know, we opened our card casino a few weeks ago. And in fact, um, Texas Hold'em in the poker room is open right now. Um, and, and will be open 24 hours a day. Masks are required. Okay. If you want to play at, in this casino games room, which is indoors, we have, we have plexiglass partitions between the dealers and the table. Everything's clean and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we, we have been told by, I mean, I don't know how many people have called, but there are people who have said to me, have said to the owner of the track, Randall Sampson, and I uh, have called the track and, and just flat said, I have not worn a mask since the purge ensued, and I'm never wearing one. So as long as masks are required in your card casino, I'm never coming. And I just, it, it, go, it takes me back to, to, to what Nordo said, where you learn a lot about people during this purge. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm a non judgmental guy, Corzo. I'm just non judgmental, but I've just learned so much 
about so many people when it comes to just respectfully putting on a mask, going and buying your avocados, checking out, and then taking it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, I, and I'm not going to when I'm in a store, uh, and I always wear, wear one. You know, if I'm outside, I don't. Uh, but if I'm if I'm and I'm not in big groups, but but if I go into a building, I, I always put a mask on. I mean, it's not a big deal. Uh, I don't really doesn't bother me. Uh, and I see people in there without them, you know. And I'm not going to confront them either. I'm going to say, okay, you know, that, that's fine. I, I wish you did, but I'm not going to make World War Three over it. Okay, I'm not going to lose my mind over it. But you know, what people don't get is when you have a business, okay. You can't, when you go into certain businesses, you have to follow those businesses' rules, as long as those rules are not uh, illegally discriminatory based on race, gender, all those other things. But if they say you have to wear a tie in the restaurant, they have the right to say wear a tie or you can't sit down. They have a right to say you have to wear a jacket or don't sit down. So the businesses have every right in the world to say, if you want to come into our business and play cards, you wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, then you can't come in. This is not a constitutional issue. This is a business running their business in a way that they're trying to protect their employees, right? How many years ago did we tell, tell people you can't smoke inside a restaurant? Right. You, you and I are old enough to remember people smoking in the smoking pot. Well, first of all, I Corzo, Corzo, we're, Corzo, we're old enough, you know, being in our 50s, man. When, when, when I moved to the Philippines for a year and a half after, or a year and change after living in Hawaii for six months with my dad, with my, uh, with my first stepdad, it, when we flew on Pan Am, there was smoking on the airplane in, in a designated, uh, like stairwell you walked up to, to, to upstairs. Yeah, the back of the plane. In fact, Patrick Royce, the great Patrick Royce, used to always talk about that he would sit in the smoking section intentionally to get away from kids that were crying. <laughs> so he, even though he didn't smoke, that's uh, brilliant. So, you know, I remember, you know, because I smoked. A, I remember smoking on a plane. Now today, that seems absurd, yeah. right? It's hard to believe. But my point is, yeah. you know, after nine eleven hit, what did we have to do before we went on a plane? We had to go through way more security than we ever did before. Right. And we all agreed. We, we, you didn't see people saying they weren't going to do it. And, and 9-11 killed 3000 people. OK, COVID has killed 135000 people. And people think it's against it, that it's some sort of a huge affront that they got to put on the mask. It's absurd. But that's what I'm talking about, that that the people like, you know, and obviously all I wanted to see our economy back up and running. Certainly our president did for a lot of reasons. But that's that's a good goal to have. I'm not against that. But to get to that goal, we needed to have a little bit more patience than we did. And if we had, I'm thinking if we had been patient for four months and suffered for four months, and a lot of people would have suffered, that maybe now we'd be like those other countries and sports would be coming back online and we could have people in the stands. And now, you see, now you see people going down in Florida where the NBA is and MLS is, and that's very dangerous. And they're trying to create a bubble. And I hope it works out, but but I have some concern. That's what I'm saying. Well, now, you know, speaking of sports, Scott Korzanowski at SCorzo60 on Twitter. Corzo Covenant, 9 to noon, 11.33. Time for two more. Uh, the, the Ivy League has canceled all fall sports, and the Ivy League will not resume sports until the earliest um, uh, 2021, might even be the spring. Now, Stanford, uh, this is straight from ESPN, Com. Stanford, which has long boasted one of the most robust collections of varsity sports in the country, will cut 11 of its varsity programs at the conclusion of the 2020-2021 academic year. 
uh, as it deals with the ongoing financial ramifications of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. The 11 sports discontinued are men's and women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, synchronized swimming, <laughs> men's volleyball and wrestling. I just, uh, I don't know. You know, if if I were the coach of the squash team, I think um, the first thing I would say, Corzo, as I walked into a practice was, all right, boy, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let, let's let's get this handled before we move on. What do you like doing more, saying squash or playing squash? <laughs> I think I, li- I like saying squash more. I do. You know, squash is squash is a game for rich old guys. That's squash. I mean, you, you meet a lot of rich old guys. They're good at they're good at squash. Uh, you know, it, my feeling on this is I've never understood, and, and there's people that understand the way the the University of Minnesota is set up like this. Almost every major college uh, program is set up like this, where their athletic departments are are independent from the university. They're a separate department. They need to get some approval by the university. Sometimes they borrow money from the university, but the university doesn't give them any money. And the scholarships that these uh, athletic departments give to their athletes, they pay for. They go to the University of Minnesota, and when, when Tanner Morgan isn't paying for his college, the, the, the athletic department bought his scholarship. They, they're, the, school, the athletic department is paying for his education. That's what. That's how it works. They go and have to buy them. And in fact, there's been stories that the universities sell these scholarships at a very high rate. They don't even give them a price break on it. Okay. So you got to understand that from the beginning. So now my point is, if I'm making all this money with football, basketball, hockey, and you certainly have got Title IX, you have to give the same opportunity to female uh, athletes as you do males. Okay. I have no problem with that. That's a federal law. You've got to follow it. But other than that, so now you get your football, you get your basketball, and you get your men's hockey that make money. Get enough women's sports to equal the participation, and why do you offer anything else? What's the point? Well, why, why are you taking all this money you're raising and the football program is making so that, so that student athletes can go look, play squash in front of no fans other than their family? Join a squash club. I mean, I've never understood why, why big major universities have these non-revenue sports. And to me, that... If you want to be a good golfer, you know, go go get mm. go playing tournaments. You could do all sorts of well, things. Yeah, I don't but, know why but, colleges well, providing that. But Corzo Covenant, it. whether it's squash, fencing, or or synchronized, whatever, it, it, isn't it opportunity? I mean, isn't it opportunity to scholastically advance and then, uh, you know, physically and from a sports standpoint, make a team, advance, get a W, get an L, learn how to handle it? I mean, I absolutely believe there's room for those secondary sports programs. Well, there's, I, if you, if you really look at some of the, the programs, Texas years ago, and I forget the number, University of Minnesota, the numbers might be wrong, but I could look it up. Minnesota under Joel Maturi very much believed in having a very complete, robust program. For example, University of Wisconsin doesn't have men's baseball. Okay. Haven't for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Texas, Texas offers like 15 sports. Minnesota offers 27. Okay. Uh, the point is there's a lot of big, powerful programs have already seen this from the perspective that if we can just concentrate, and look, so, so you, again, you start with your revenue sports that make you money, men's basketball, uh, football, men's hockey, and then maybe women's basketball does in some locations, right? Women's volleyball for the Gophers probably makes some money. And, and then you just, you, so you get all your money sports, and then you say, okay, we've now got to make sure that we have equal opportunity for women and men. That's the law. So you add a couple women's sports that maybe are going to cost you some money. And that's all you need. I don't know why. If I was running the program, I'd do that tomorrow. And you say this is an educational opportunity, but that goes back to my first point. My first point was 
the athletic department isn't part of the university, other than the university kind of watches over them and makes sure they, they follow their P's and Q's. They, they are not getting money from the University of Minnesota. They will borrow some money, and sometimes the, the, uh, the university won't make them pay it back, kind of like a child. You know, when a child is 20, they borrow money from you. You're never going to get that money back. Right. But, but in other words, the University of Minnesota doesn't find these opportunities to be within their budget. They don't feel like doing squash is a great thing that they put out there. They have nothing to do with athletics from a purely financial standpoint. And so, to me, you should run it like a business, and you should spend as much money as you can on football so you can make even more money, and as much money on basketball so you can make even more money. That's my jaundiced view of it, but I think we're going to see that more and more and more now that with the COVID thing that a lot of these schools will cut out those other opportunities. Uh, Corzo, thanks for the thoughts. Call you soon. All right. See you guys. Bye. Scott Korzanowski at S-Corzo 6-0, final segment night. The Fan. I can't wait, I can't wait until tomorrow Cause tomorrow might very well be too late I can't wait, I can't wait until tomorrow Because Cause tomorrow It's the Friday football face Could never come And P.A. and charge are doing that bad Maxwell, I got ten segments with you left this week, man. I've enjoyed your company. I uh, know. I'm kind of sad that it's all it's it's all coming to an end pretty soon. Yeah, I appreciate. Well, I wouldn't say it's coming to an end. It's not like this is Revelation Radio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse this me. This is wait your a home second. for Revelation Radio. Yeah, but you know what? Per the conversation, there's a part of the crowd out there that's like, "What's Revelation Radio? What are the seven seals? What's the significance of those lamps and the trumpet and the white horse and everything?" Sorry. Uh, let Let's cater to everybody. It's not Revelation Radio. This is not the end. It, um, I don't know what it is, man. It's, it's megahertz Micah. <laughs> so, okay. So, for part of the crowd listening now with Maxwell Fuller saying, you know, I'm kind of sad that tomorrow after producing nine to noon, Nordo returns Monday, uh, that I'm kind of sad it's the end. Okay. So, for part of the crowd, what he said, here, here. If you have concerns about pleasing everybody, which I don't, and you just you unfurl it, you establish equity. Hopefully, people know where your your heart is more so than your mind, and then you move on. So you know, tongue in cheek, ask and and in jest. If you want to please everybody, of what you just said, then I would start it by saying, "Oh, the end." Does that make this Revelation Radio? But then. Howard Bornstein or those of the Jewish faith may look at it like, well, wait a second, Revelation Radio, no, this is megahertz Micah. Yeah, that's the end. Oh, okay. But then the atheists would look at it like, Lord of, why are you quoting Lord of the Rings, this fairy tale, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with, with, with animals on arcs and, and rocks and birds and plants and things and everything, and, 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 God, and bless them. You know, that's their take. So then it would be, yeah, it is the end because you see, there is a start and there is an end, and everything that's right in uh, every it all has to be in front of me for me to see it before copyright Hebrews eleven. I say by faith. So now everybody should be satisfied. It's not the end, but it is. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of the forty-five segments we have had together this week. How we have meshed, and and and. It you know it's not like you haven't filled in for shows before, but 
You have a very bright future, young man. Thank and you. Do not let the negatives or your current professional lot in life as fill-in producer guy. Do not let it deter you. Forward, just eyes forward, uh, palms to the sky, and you'll get there because you're talented. Um, yesterday, I um, texted Max, and I'm like, Max, do me a favor, man. Can you research and offer up the five best? professional heavyweight fights in the history of boxing and share with us the what is what is considered the greatest UFC fight any weight class ever in the history of ever and i do that because yesterday mac shared 9 to noon he has a podcast and it's called very uh, very clever name you should see the other guy it's available via the uh, uh, the iHeartRadio and the iHeartRadio app and the podcast and stuff like that. It's boxing and MMA related. Max hosts it. It's called You Should See the Other Guy. So um, not only listen to that when you get the opportunity, but when it comes to the Fighting Five, five, four, three, two, one. Uh, in your estimation, give me the five greatest professional fights in the history of boxing ranked ranked five to one okay five i would have to say i'll I'll put this five it's in there because of its historical significance not necessarily due to competitiveness but jack johnson versus jim jeffries in what was dubbed at the time and what has since been used for several fights since then the fight of the century excellent in 1910 1910 jack johnson though yeah and you can still it's amazing you can see it on youtube if anyone wants i've watched any any film on jack johnson that's out there i've probably seen it i got it. it's pretty amazing what's number four uh number four i would wait was that one or five that was five okay give me four number four I'm going to put Ron Lyle versus George Foreman. <laughs> Who's Ron Lyle? Ron Lyle. <laughs> you never, he was a top-ranked heavyweight. Yeah, in I the, know the name. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know the name. Wasn't he thick? Wasn't he, like, he had really thick shoulders? Yeah, he did. He had, like, almost yeah. no neck, yep. Yep. which I imagine makes him way harder Ron to fight. Ron Lyle versus who? George Foreman. George Foreman's first post-Rumble in the Jungle fight. Right. And he was off for almost right. two years. Rumble in the Jungle. Have you seen the uh, the Ali the Ali documentary. Yeah. Is it uh, called Rumble? What's it called? I think it no, is called. When, no, When We Were Kings. Oh, When We Were Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spectacular. Amazing. How about uh, when they showed the bands that were like playing, and I'm like going, wow, that's the spinners, and the spinners were young. Could it be I'm falling in love with your baby? I mean, from the music and just the whole thing, When We Were Kings. Give me number three. Number three, I'm going to say, is the Thriller in Manila. Yeah. It's amazing. I lived in the Philippines when the Thrilla in Manila took place. I think I was 9 or 10 years old. Was it seven, What year was it, 76? 70... 74? I want to say 70... Yeah, 76 or 75. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I lived in the Philippines in Magallanes Village in Manila. 75. Yes, so that would have made the announcer 9 years old. Yeah, it's right around there. Thrilla in Manila, though, Ali Frazier... Oh, such a classic fight. I, I, that's the fight that I first, the first time I found out you could look up boxing on YouTube, that was the first fight that I watched. Yeah, I grew up, I fell in love with boxing from plenty of talented fighters, the Floyd Mayweathers, Oscar De La Hoya's, Winky Wrights, and people like that. But when you see a fight like the Thriller in Manila, that's when you understand what boxing 
really is about, and yeah. that's when the love sets in. No, what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're because- a new school boxing guy when I say it. I mean, the bloodbaths between Leonard and Duran, Hagler and Leonard, Hagler and Duran, um, and, and so on. I mean, even, even like Buster Douglas beating up Mike Tyson. You know, it just it's so much different now than it was then. It's the it's a money thing now, and because of all the sanctioning bodies, people don't they want to build up young fighters and have them be twenty five and 0, 26 yeah. and zero before they even have them do anything important or fight anybody good. So it, the money gets in the way of the the prime the best possible fights that we can have. Two minutes to go. Give me number two. Number two, I am going to say is Larry Holmes versus Ken Norton. Mm. Amazing fight. It's like a movie if really? you've ever seen it. it. It's so back and forth, actually, really? that the scorecards were 143 to 142 on all three scorecards. See, and then with boxing, and this goes back to, you know, down memory lane we go, scorecard terrorism, where oh you're watching God. something and you're thinking, blah, 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 and then so-and-so comes up 10-8 Maxwell. You're like, 10-8? I thought that would be a 10-10 or like a draw, you know? It's the only sport in... Only com- major competitive sport in the world where if a certain outcome doesn't happen within the allotted time, it's subjective. Who yeah. win- who wins or loses? It's it's it, it is terrorism, like you said. And the greatest fight, according to Maxwell Fuller, the host of "You Should See the Other Guy" podcast uh, via the iHeartRadio app. Am I describing that the right way? iHeartRadio app. Yep. Or is there an easier way to find it? You could go on KFan.com as well. Oh. It, it's usually when, when it's posted up. AJ will Thank put you. it right there on the Thank front you. page. And uh, according to this learned boxing po- uh, podcasting host, Maxwell Fuller, it's a Maxwell Monday on a Thursday, the greatest fight, heavyweight fight in the history of boxing is... No surprise here, the Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble. you got to say it's the Rumble in the Jungle. Rumble. The stories around it. Rumble in the Jungle, didn't you already do We Were Kings? When we were oh, no, that was the Thriller. I was, I, we were Thriller. talking about it, but Thriller Manila I, oh. I named earlier. Rumble, Rumble in the Jungle is the greatest fight of all time. Ali, Heavyweight fight. Ali all. Frazier? Yeah, uh, Ali Foreman. I, Ali Foreman. So that's that's um Ali Bumbaye. Ali, Ali Bumbaye. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. With you want to hear a funny story about why they were chanting that, actually? Yeah. Ali told the people of Zaire, I believe it was, he yeah. told the people of Zaire that George Foreman had... These German shepherds and German shepherds had been used to terrorize those people for for de- decades, yeah. and he, he completely made it up yeah. and told them, "Yeah, he loves German shepherds. He loves the white man, all this stuff." Yeah. And that's why. So they're like, "All right, we're gonna root for Ali." And Ali Bumbai actually means yeah. Ali kill him or take his head off. R- so, rough translation. I said it right. Yeah, Ali together now three two. Uh, Ali Bumbai Ali Bumbai. Uh, Maxwell, great work. See you tomorrow, bud, with Charge, okay? Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening, every, everybody. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Dan called the common man around the corner with the program. And I'm Paul Allen from the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios at FM 100.3 KFAN. Goodbye. Today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.com.